Welcome to Manage Tools. This week, Hall of Fame cast, How to Run Your Staff Meeting, Part 1 of 2. Here we go. Welcome to the Manager Tools podcast for Monday, May 21st, 2007. everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Now, we've alluded to it, and we've even talked about it, but we've never until now shared our recommendations for one of the few mandatory meetings we recommend, the Effective Manager's Weekly Staff Meeting. We believe that the weekly staff and weekly one-on-ones are the core of running a team of directs. It's one thing to meet with everyone individually, but effective managers know that there is a need for a socializing structure for the team as a unit. And if you've ever hated that round-robin at the end of meetings, where no one really knows what to say, and everyone just wants the meeting to be over, well, we'll tell you how to avoid that, too. Here we go. I don't know if we're going to do this or not, but maybe maybe uh, st- weekly staff meetings ought to be part of the management trinity. Uh, maybe not. But yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty important, but... but uh... And I think they're a key part of socializing a team. I agree, I agree with you. They absolutely are. Um, I also think that folks don't like them too much. Boy, is that ever true. I, I uh, We get complaints about them uh, all the time. I think uh, some people have legitimate complaints. Some don't. Some people just don't like meetings. Um, it's okay to not like meetings, but, but uh, as a sort of reflexive action, I think generally it's not an effective way to go about life since meetings are a part of organizational life. Um, uh, I, I think there are plenty of managers who can't do them very well. Um, and the, the, the ones that upset me a lot are the ones that uh, um, don't really have a structure. And then I, I, I think it's um, managers act as if it's their little fiefdom and they cancel them at the last minute and, they come in sort of shuffling papers and not making eye contact and are sort of desultory in the way they go about them. And um, and it just sort of leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth. Um, and the managers say, no, no, we've got to leave it scheduled, but I get to cancel it whenever I want. It just sends a, I don't know, just sends a wrong message. They don't, it's like they don't have their hearts or minds in the right place. Yeah. Well, what bothers me more than almost anything else is that, you know, just how easy it would be to change. But just, you know, no one seems to be willing to do it. Yeah, I think that going back to my comment, I, I think you're right. I, I know you're right, and and I think part of it is it, it's something that managers think they have to do. It's sort of assumed in many cases. They don't know how to do it, and so what they've turned it into is a chance to act like the boss. Um, and and even though it is easy to change, they don't know how to change it. Um, and so they they perpetuate a very – uncomfortable and ineffective and therefore terribly inefficient in today's world um, way of behaving. So um, wh- what was your experience? You, re- you, you ran them, of course, as, a, as an executive leader, and you were in other people's staff meetings. How effective were they? Well, of course, the ones I ran were very effective. Yes, <laughs> as, well, as well. Yes, yes. You know, I, can, I, can, I can go back and talk about meetings that I ran that were very effective. And then I can talk about meetings that I ran that weren't terribly effective. And there was a particular structure to them and a particular rhythm to them when they worked. And when they didn't work, it's pretty easy to go back and figure out why they, they didn't. Um, but so I, I won't, I won't uh, claim that I always ran effective staff meetings. I tried to, 
than most were, but uh, every once in a while we all fall off the, the wagon. And the, the sad thing about it is, you know, most of your subordinates, they don't walk out and then come into your office and tell you how bad your staff meeting is. But, man, you sure do see the impact in the organization. Um, you know, just the, the rest of the day, the rest of the week is just not, not crisp. People aren't on their game. They're not focused on the right things. And when you do have an effective staff meeting, people come out energized and jazzed and, and ready to go tackle the rest of the week. The effect of a good staff meeting is very apparent. Now, I can tell you, the, apart from the meetings that I ran, um, and the vast majority were poor, I, I must say. Okay. Um, the vast majority were very poor, and we'll talk about some of the reasons why. The problem is when they're, when they're, when they're run poor, you, you, the whole time is just pure, utter misery because you yeah. know you're not getting yeah. anything accomplished. Exactly, right. Um, and you're just, you're just ready to run out of there. And so you find not only does everybody else not, um, get the benefit of great meaning, but but you're unfocused. And so you start thinking about other things and uh, you walk out, you know you didn't do your part. Um, it's it's hard to engage in meetings when they're not being run well. Right. And so not only does the rest of the organization suffer, but you yourself, um, I, I found by just myself just completely demotivated the rest of the day when you run out of one of these things. And unfortunately, I sat in a lot of staff meetings <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. That was a long rambling answer, wasn't it? No, but but th- that's what I asked. You know, what was your experience? And, and uh, a lot of them are long. A lot of them are terribly ineffective. Um, it's, it's funny that more and more these days, I feel like Parkinson's law takes, takes such priority over things, which is, you know, Parkinson's law says work expands to fill the time allotted to do it. Um, and, you know, if you don't have a good end of uh, – um, if you don't have a plan for a beginning and an end, um, you're going to be less effective and uh, because you're less efficient. Uh, you know, I tell executives all the time, um, you've got to figure out when you're going home so that your work doesn't just bleed through the end of your day and into your family time. Um, because somehow we can tell ourselves that another half hour at work will finally solve that last problem. Um, and I think staff meetings are just a good example of something that's sloppily done. Nobody knows how to do it. They're not willing to try something for four or five weeks and say, okay, this is noticeably better. Let's start doing it this way. They just see it as something that happens rather than as a system. Uh, you know, there are systems, again, we've said this before, but there are systems for raw material. There are systems for hiring people. There are systems for accounting and for finance and for, for travel and for expense reporting and for budgeting. And there's no system for things like meetings. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, one of the reasons I think they're so poor is because there are a lot of other manageable behaviors that we engage in in a, in a less than effective way. So we're not doing one-on-ones, we're not doing feedback, right. we're not doing coaching. And so often the only time managers feel they have to talk to their people, the only time they are talking to their people is during staff meetings. And so they're trying to cram everything oh, into yeah. 60 or 90 minutes. And if... We engaged in regularly the other kind of what we think of as the other effective manager managerial behaviors. Um, staff meetings can be crisper because you're not you're not trying to cover the whole the whole gamut. I completely agree. Your your point about cramming stuff in and not having a system is just it, it's part of the whole manage the pandemic of lack of systems, if you will, uh, a systemic behavior. I guess we can call it. Um, and the idea that, well, I have to have a meeting and I need some place to talk to my folks, so I'll just cram all this stuff in, is just it just perpetuates bad inefficiency and ineffectiveness, which are two, the two common sins of managers. So um, 
we, we think most managers do a poor job um, when it comes to staff meetings. It is, let's be honest, it has to be, when you think about it, the second most important standing meeting a manager runs. Um, and that means if it's the second most important, we need to learn to do it right. Um, now, to be fair, in many cases, the only other standing meeting we recommend managers have is one-on-ones. All right. Well, um, you're not saying, well, you're not saying this is the least important meeting. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, don't answer that. Let's, yeah. let's let, we, we can go on and on and on like we already have. So yeah. let's, well, let's, let me, get, let me, let's get right uh, to it. Yeah. I will just say this though. Isn't it nice though, that we only recommend two standing meetings and one of them is individual right? We only recommend one standing meeting for the team, and it's the weekly staff meeting. The rest is dependent upon operations and all kinds of other factors. Um, But some of the best people we know, best managers at all levels, they have one standing meeting for everybody, and it's 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 the weekly staff. Okay, so look, you're right, you're right. I would go on and on and on about this because it's something that you and I shake our heads about and say, why is this not happening? What why aren't people doing this um, when there's an easy way to do it? And uh, so we need to lay out the easy way to do it. Uh, it is a surprisingly straightforward cast because, as you might imagine, so much of what we have here is leveraging our effective meetings protocol. Yeah, and, and that, I'd encourage folks to go back and listen to that if they haven't already. Just yeah, just to refresh their memories on on what we talked about during that, because we're not going to repeat all that here. Right. Um, and I think that was what, that was like August of 2005 or something like that, right? Yep. And it's still totally relevant today. So, so you mean th- these things don't go out of style? And actually, we could probably refer to that five years from now and still be valid. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I um, you know, that, that's kind of neat. Um, that the, 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 what we do is timeless. I, there, there are going to be changes. Um, uh, I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think it's still totally relevant, and I, I think you're right. Five years from now, it still will be relevant. Um, okay, so here are the basics. Okay, um, let's be clear about something because meetings have a purpose, right? We we uh, in effective meetings protocol, we talk about the purpose of a meeting. The purpose of a weekly staff meeting is efficient organizational and team communication. Okay, okay. Um, that's first. Um, our recommendations are weekly, uh, not Monday morning or Friday afternoon. All directs attend, period. I'm amazed that people say, oh, I don't have to go to that, or I need a special out, or, you know, I only want to go once a month. No, you're part of the team. Or, and that, that's the person, of course, who says, I really feel like we're not part of, we're not a team. Yeah, it's because you're not in the huddle before every play. <laughs> it's because you don't dress for the game. Uh, it's because that's you're not right. here. It's not you're not here when we're playing the opponent. <laughs> that's why you don't feel like a team. And by the way, you're not a member of the team anymore. I feel, I feel so left out. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. Your key card won't work tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. Um, number five, we do recommend follow the effective meeting protocols, and we want to cover a few things about agenda, welcome, printed agendas, standing ground rules. We don't do introductions. You as the manager, you're the facilitator. Um, we're going to do initial and periodic what went well and take a look at what we call Wobotala. Um, we're going to recommend using your admin. Um, we recommend 90 minutes, but there are a couple of exce- exceptions. Um, you get 15 minutes for a waterfall from you, and then you have 15 more minutes for special topics, reports, and updates, and so on. Uh, Each direct gets 10 minutes. There's a little caveat to the 10. Um, And we do recommend stand-up briefings 
um, for uh, the directs, which is a little bit unusual, um, but we like the idea of asking people to step up, literally and figuratively, as well as uh, developing people. So there's, it's, a, it's a long list, I guess. Yeah, that's a lot of guidance. I'm glad yeah. you didn't put numbers to it. That doesn't sound as bad. Yeah, 13, <laughs> 17, 21, 45, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, it, it, is, it does seem like a lot of numbers, but if, if you're practicing the effective meetings protocol, and, and to be frank, I, I'm not sure how many people out there are. I, I, as much as I think of people um, you know, doing one-on-ones or still struggling with one-on-ones, um, or, or feedback or coaching, I think to myself, if you're not doing the management trinity, how, I, you know, what, what are the chances that somebody's following the meetings protocol? If you're not following the effective meetings protocol now, as Mike said, go back and listen to that cast and off from August of 2005 and start with this meeting. Um, if you're not using it, this is the one meeting that it's most critical at because everybody on your team benefits. So it's a little bit of a extra leverage. Yeah. You're setting the standard too and what meetings should yeah. look like. So. Yeah, you you really can't have a good weekly staff meeting without those those basics. I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be repeating this meeting over and over and over again. It's crazy <laughs> to do something. I mean, that's yeah. a definition of our one definition of insanity is just doing something that's ineffective over and over and over again and, and thinking it's going to get better over time. But yeah, you're right. You're right. But, yeah. So okay. So let's but let's let's start with the the purpose of the meeting. Right. The purpose of weekly staff is efficient organizational and team communication. As a manager, you have a responsibility to communicate with your team. And, you know, people miss this. When I say this to people, Mike, they don't, I'm not so sure they get it, but you are the company to your directs. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, but I think people miss that. I think themselves just, you know, they have people above them. And it's like, it's like we tell people when they get promoted to manager, welcome to they. And they is kind of at a higher level. I've even heard, junior VPs say, well, they say this or they say that. I said, you know, that's funny because the people who are two levels down from you, you're they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they think you're saying it. And they think it's your fault. Oh, no, it's not me. It's a, if somebody else way above me, I don't know what goes on around here. You know, it's just uh, those middle managers are always feeling the pinch. They don't. Well, uh, the, well the other option is they, they either think you're the company because um, they assume you have influence and power. The, the other alternative is that they don't think you're anything and they think you're completely completely unable to influence any events in their life. Yeah. There, there is something worse than uh, being the company, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're Uh, you're not the company. You're, you're just nobody. (laughs) You're nobody. Um, been nice knowing you. Um, if you are communicating, if you're, if you are the company to your directs, then if you are communicating, you communicate with the imprimatur of the company, you speak for the company and, Conversely, going down, if you were looking downwards, if you will, when the company wants to communicate, when it has something it wants to get to everybody, but it knows at the top, if you will, it, the company, knows at the top that it can't just magically get things out, um, uh, it expects to be able to hold you accountable for that communication getting to your team. You're responsible for everything your, your team does and fails to do. And you're responsible for everything your, your, your team knows and doesn't know. Um, and look, um, if you don't, if your team doesn't know something, it truly is your fault. Now you might say, nobody told me, uh, okay, fine. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be held responsible for them knowing. And, And the point of all that is you've got to communicate with your directs and, and what that means is you've got to have a vehicle to do that 
you, you email and, email right yeah exactly please do not tell me that email is the answer Oops, I wish um, you would have told me that before I said it. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you're a perfect straight man. Um, you know, the scary thing is how people, oh, well, of course, email. It, 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 people below the age of 50, they just say, well, of course, email. And 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 the funny thing about that is it, it is such a knee jerk. It is such a reflexive response. You wonder, what would these people have done 30 years ago when there was, or 20 years ago when there was no email? They would have and now people complain about email and they don't read email and it's almost as if we know it's a bad system we've never tried a different system but we're going to rely on the bad system that we don't like it just seems I don't know, just yeah well I'm galactically not as smart as it could be or something I don't know trying to turn over a new leaf but anyway look email is just about quantity it's not about quality forwarding emails from your boss to or from HR to your team is not your job okay your job is Horseman's law of the managerial waterfall which is managers are not communicated to they are communicated through. That means you not only have to tell your team what you know what you, and what you've been told, but also tell them, and here is what that means for us. In other words, you have to interpret, you have to elaborate, you have to illuminate, you have to expand, you have to extend. That's part of your job. Um, you know, when CEOs talk to us about running an oatmeal and swimming an oatmeal, they talk about the fact that something goes down three or four levels in sort of a vertical phone tag game or the telephone game, and they're amazed at what happens three or four levels down. Um, and they just can't, they can't believe it. I, I, I surely I've told the story, um, of, uh, Sony, uh, Akio Morita, the chairman of, of, of Sony developing the Walkman, he came to America in the uh, 70s, um, in the late 70s, and um, saw a bunch of kids with boomboxes on their shoulders. And he went back to uh, uh, Sony in Japan and told them, you know, I think we could really do something big here if we could play, pr- produce a portable uh, 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 music player. And the engineers got all excited because, of course, Sony's famous for, you know, engineering smaller things and really great hardware design and so on. And 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 he essentially sketched out verbally what amounted to the, the rough parameters of the first ever Walkman. And they produced it. And as it went up the organization, the managers who weren't involved in that didn't know what the chairman wanted and kept sending it back. By the time the first draft, not the first draft of the engineers, but the first draft that the chairman saw, when it finally got to the chairman – it looked like what a boombox, <laughs> and he went down to him and says, "Look, I thought we talked about this." And they said, "Actually, we you did. We were very clear, but it was the people between you and us, and they just completely messed it up." And he said, "Well, leave them out next time. Let's go back to what we agreed to." And of course, they created an, an incredible hit. Um, um, so, um, it, it, it is not enough that your team is always talking to one another. They are rarely talking in a way that everyone is listening. I mean, sometimes people communicate. They send out broadcast emails to tell everybody what's going on, but then they only communicate about one narrow part of a project. Um, but if your directs are not communicating to each other in a group setting, you won't have a chance in hell of creating a team. And and the vast majority of communications that happen in your team are not in a group setting. Um, so you've got to talk to your team. They've got to talk in a group. 
you, from a standpoint of efficiency, you can't go around trying to have all of your waterfall conversations, all of your pass through conversations and your, and this is what that means for us conversations. You can't cram that into one on ones. For one thing, you're going to do one, you're going to have to say every single thing seven or 10 or 15 times, which is just monumentally bad. Um, so the weekly staff meeting exists to make efficient, um, the organizational communication that happens. And then in addition, that team communication, um, that allows you to begin to gel a team rather than just a work group. Uh, and, and, and I said it before, I think, um, uh, maybe not in, in a cast, but yes, all of this, all the communication necessary can occur without a weekly staff meeting, but it can't be done efficiently. And I would argue that in today's managerial life with as many working managers as we have, even though I hate that phrase and you know it, um, you, 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 if you're not doing it efficiently, you're not doing it. Um, and your team doesn't know stuff and you don't know stuff about what's going on in the team and you're not going to be terribly effective, period. Yeah. So, so it's all about efficient organizational team communications. Right. So, okay. So we know the purpose. Okay. So why weekly though? I mean, why not every, you know, every other week, for example? Yeah. Um, you, you really do. You have to have the dang thing weekly. Um, fundamentally it's for the same reason that one-on-ones are weekly. It's what I call horseman's law of the front burner. Stuff that happens within a week's time frame stays on the front burner. Or maybe we could put this more persuasively to, to help people see the, the clarity of it. Uh, even if this is also more negative, it sounds more negative. This is the dark mark talking, but it's true. That which happens less often than weekly goes on the back burner. And, it, yeah, and, yeah, and the and, back burner is never on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, and what's more, they're always full, right? <laughs> People are always putting stuff on the back burners. They don't turn the burner on. Nothing bubbles back there. It's not kept on a low simmer. It's just out of our, off of our radar. And, and every single time I go to places and I ask somebody, well, you know, what's going on? Like, let's say tonight was Tuesday. I say, what's going on next Thursday? And reflexively, they say, nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> What's going on? I've never seen anything make any progress whatsoever on a back yeah. burner. For the vast majority of managers we know, frequent means weekly, in part because of Horseman's Law, the front burner. We've just seen far too many staff meetings that fail that are biweekly. And, and, and all of the things being equal, the biweekly staff meetings are a lot less effective, do a lot less gelling of teams, do a lot less uh, uh, good job in terms of communication um, than the weekly ones. And monthly is is um, is just terrible. It just it, it becomes um, a complete joke privately and much more of a dog and pony show with with just no lasting value at all. Um, so look, two two meetings, one weekly, one biweekly. The one that's biweekly, all all things being completely equal, the biweekly one is just um, routinely awful compared to the weekly ones. Yeah, and I think it's a function of it always being in the back burner, and then people scrambling around an hour beforehand. And yeah. nowadays, the people we have in in organizations, big and small, are clever and smart, and um, and they're not going to tolerate somebody throwing something together at the last minute and expecting it to be good. I, I can hear the groans of a bunch of uh, engineering and technical managers out there not not really agreeing with this too much. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, uh, we we get questions from from. I mean, sometimes we get. Uh, I think you're right. I think mo- many IT managers don't agree with this. Um, um, look, it, it's okay that people feel that way, but we're right. <laughs> and and look, we're not always right. I mean, I'm not. We we're wrong sometimes, but um, we're right. We have the data, 
and probably for most IT managers not agreeing with this, you're just a high C or a high D who doesn't want to spend time with your folks. You just want them to do their work now and correctly, even if you have a bunch of folks working just like you working for you. Your role makes them have special special interest in knowing what you want and hearing it regularly and frequently. Even if you have a bunch of people who say, I don't like staff meetings, that is easily trumped by the fact that they want to know what you're dealing with, what's going on, and they expect you to keep them in the loop. Technical organizations do the worst in terms of tolerating the pain and fear uh, and sadness associated with layoffs and large disruptions in, in organizational life because their managers do the poorest job of communicating. And the managers tell us later the reason they did a poor job of communicating is they say, my people say they don't like meetings and I don't really want to. Well, they don't like meetings. You're absolutely right. And I, I don't like eating my vegetables all the time, but I do because I want to live a long time. I don't like getting up at 530 in the morning to go running. And I do because I want to live a long time. Um, so sometimes a manager's job is to do what's right, not what's popular. If it were a popularity contest, we'd all be running for president, um, and probably making fools of ourselves in public. Um, so, um, uh, you've got to help them know what's going on. And that means regular and frequent communications. And you put regular and frequent today together today in the modern world, and you're going to come up with weekly. If you don't do them weekly, you're probably indulging that personal bias you have in tasks work over people. And it's less effective. That's why when we talk about disc profiles, we say everybody has all four tendencies in them to varying degrees. And that's why nobody's profile is 8800. The, the, the highest D and I is mine, 77, and then lowest S and C, 11. Um, so even if you're a high D, high C, the low I, low S, um, you still have some I and some S, the people side. And that's the part that you have to engage to have an effective uh, weekly staff meeting. Um, look, for those of you who don't Think of yourself as natural people persons and so don't and really agree with your staffs that I don't need to have a meeting and I'm just going to do email and it'll be fine. You know that interpersonal relationships, even though I, I would argue that, OK, let, let's not make you into somebody you're not. Let's, as Marky, Marcus Buckingham would say, and, and uh, break all the rules and, and discover your strengths. And we generally agree with that. You, you can't put in things that aren't already there. Um, uh, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with saying my natural tendency is not to be a people person. Unfortunately, your role, you, you don't get to do what you like. You have to do what the role demands if you want to be effective. And in your role as a manager, you know that interpersonal relationships and conflict, no matter how frustrating it is, you know it's true. Interpersonal relationships and conflict are a fact of life among your directs. So if you need a rationale that's not just what we're telling you here off the top of uh, the, 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 just the basics of, of running this meeting, uh, if you need a rationale for having a meeting, um, giving your staff together weekly will give you a huge amount of data right in front of your very eyes about who likes whom, who aligns with whom, where the conflicts are, who to give feedback to about these issues. If you've ever wondered whether someone or something one of your directs has told you is true because you weren't certain of their motivations or their relationships or their conflict issues with other people, the weekly staff meeting will give you ample evidence to allow you to know what's really going on. And here's a, 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 a one further thing about, about that. Um, when you pay attention to people in the meeting and you give them feedback privately about what they hear 
what what you see and hear in the meeting, they will step up their behavior in a meeting. It's amazing to me. Um, there are psychologists who have written about this, Mike, that say that um, individuals who are running a meeting um, don't recognize, forget that when they're in a meeting as just one of the individual contributors, as a member of the team, as opposed to the manager, um, the individual who's running the meeting forgets what it's like to be in their meeting. And if you're in a meeting, it's amazing how many people seem to think that they're invisible, that they're just one of the directs. And when a manager takes time to note certain people's behaviors or good spots or bad spots and then gives feedback privately, you will get a different level of response, uh, uh, commitment uh, and focus in team meetings and uh, weekly staff meetings um, from your directs. Um, whether you're high D, high C, it doesn't matter what your background is. Start paying attention to your people's behavior, and they will behave like crazy right in front of you. Yeah. yeah let me just mention one more thing about, about um, weekly meetings. Um, we do have a caveat to having weekly meetings. It's a little unusual. It's sort of a fun twist. Um, we know several managers who run them. Their standard is not weekly, but four times a month. And the reason for that is they say, look, we don't need to have one every week. On a month that has five weeks, we're skipping that, that staff meeting. So if, you know, sometimes months go five weeks and, and uh, so we're not going to have a staff meeting that week. Um, a little gift. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you let people know in advance and people feel like it's a little bit of a, a gift, as you say. And then they really want to have it the next week. People feel weird that there's no staff meeting that week. Yeah. It works pretty well. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap up this week's show with that. We'll finish up the series next week. Before we go, a quick thanks to everyone who voted for us at Podcast Alley. Um, last I saw, we were at number four or something like that. The response from Mark's blog post was truly amazing. So Mark and I truly appreciate that. It's it's uh, eh, a little bit good for the ego to see, <laughs> see us in the top ten again. So until next week, folks, so long, and we'll see you on the discussion forums. Bye.